Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner's Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Wilder Rivera. I'm super excited today because I have the CEO of Genie Box with me here, as well as the co-founder of Little Big Girl and Co., Shauna Ewing. Now, Genie Box is a curated self-development platform supporting black women who has recently had the likes of Beverly Bonds, Michelle Williams, and Marcia Cole as their inspirations for recent months of the box. She also runs Little Big Girl & Co., a New York City-based branding and marketing studio servicing nonprofit, entertainment, media, and tech clients. And as if that wasn't enough, much of her work is dedicated to racial and social justice, where she focuses on the intersection between innovation, women, leadership, and change-making. Thank you so much, Chana, for being on the show. Thanks, Awilda, for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited for the audience to hear a little bit more about you. I'm sure they've seen your product out on the market and they've seen your Instagram. You know, there's a lot of women empowerment stuff happening on your page, but also a lot of focus on uplifting and and raising awareness. So I know you went to UVA. Um, and I'm curious a little bit about how that experience may have played a role in, um, what you chose to do or if it did at all. Absolutely. So wahoo yes, I did go to UVA. <laughs> so any, for any, um, UVA listeners and grads, um, out there. So, yeah, so at UVA is where I, um, discovered African-American studies, and that you could even major in such a thing. Like I had no idea um, when I was in high school that you could, you know, go to college and um, think about uh, the history of African-Americans in this country and um, our interaction with the social fabric of this country. So that was really cool to have, be able to have the opportunity uh, to major in African-American studies at UVA. And also, um, I didn't really, I'd say I kind of minored in media studies because that was sort of the track that I really focused on, especially the second half of my time there. So I'd say UVA definitely set me up for the work that I'm doing today because um, I've, you know, since college, I've really focused on storytelling and the, and also in, in particular the Black experience. And that's such a great segue. Talk to me a little bit about how you de- figured out that this was your passion, that you had a passion for storytelling and that this was the, the community that you wanted to focus on. Yeah, so that's interesting. So at UVA, I was, there was a time, um, I think it was between my second and third year. So there was a summer, um, I'm not from Virginia, I'm actually from Boston. So there was a summer that I decided to not go home to Boston and I was like all right well let what why don't I just like stay here for the summer I just like didn't I'm always I've always been sort of a lazy traveler I I can't stand packing and moving back I like being in new places but like traveling is really annoying to me (laughs) so there was like a summer where I had my own apartment I was like why don't I just stay here and work throughout the summer and like you know just live in Virginia and um, as a result I was like well I can just also just take a few classes since I'm here and but since I was there during the summer, like I could take classes that really didn't have to do 
with like my like my requirements or my major or anything. So I happened upon a couple of classes in media um, studies and in particular some classes around film, um, like the history of film, filmmaking. Um, and I just spent the entire um, summer enmeshed in the study of film and, and film production. And that was just like a game changer for me. Um, just learning about um, how stories are told and the impact that narratives have on our worldviews was like, oh my, like it just, it really just, it changed everything for me. And um, since that moment, I've just been fascinated by storytelling and its ability to just literally transform our lives. Mm, that is very powerful. And I've had a chance, for those of you who, who are listening, who have no idea what Genie Box is or you haven't come across um, any of Chana's products or work, let me just give you a, an idea of, of what it is. So she has a inspirational woman of color like a Beverly Bond or a Michelle Williams and then basically pulls important books, um, mantras, even hair products from their life that really uh, kind of either help them get on their path or important for them staying on their path and then shares that with people. So, you know, that's not a necessarily like a logical next step from film and storytelling. So, and most people, right, who fall in love with film dream of like Universal Studios working at a big back lot, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm curious if you can maybe share with the listeners how you were able to shape your purpose and now these two businesses out of that passion. Awesome. Yeah, I think I really have been one of these people who have um, made a plan, but also I've allowed life to show me what it needs to show me. Um, so and, and so I mean by that, by that is that when I graduated from college, I did have one of those, I did have that goal of, you know, working at a studio, um, working as a director, working as a filmmaker, because again, that is a natural conclusion, right? Like one would draw and be interested in storytelling. Okay, go, go work in film. And so that's what I moved to New York with, with that as an intention. But, and this is like, you know, I don't want to age myself too much, but you know, this is like a good, like, you know, 10 years ago now. Um, and, in the process of just arriving in New York, I was like, all right, I need to work. I need to get a job um, while I also pursue filmmaking. So I did the whole, like, being a PA and script supervisor, like, you know, just sort of the production track, getting on gigs here and there. But and in order to make money, I would also temp. And so um, long story short, uh, in my temping, I got, like, an event. Um, I worked as an event a coordinator at UBS, which is, um, it's an investment bank. Mm-hmm. And then finally I got a, like a assignment at McKinsey and company, which is a management consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And so there I was an EA in their man, uh, in their media and entertainment practice, which was incidentally exactly the field that I wanted to be. And I wanted to be in media and entertainment, but here I was, um, supporting, like I didn't, I had no idea what man. Because again, I wasn't on a business track when I was in, at UVA, so I had no idea what management consulting was or any of this stuff. And you know, my I was just advised to take the job. It was like, oh, okay, this would be a great place for you to like make some money, and like also this is an EA role. You can still kind of like focus 
you know, your attention on your, on your own pursuits, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll take this for a little bit. What ends up happening is like another transformational moment, um, working and supporting um, these engagement managers and partners at, um, at McKinsey just really opened my mind up to this idea that you can uh, share insights and that you can become an expert and you can help businesses um, run better, right? And you, you know, you have a you have a thesis around how a business should operate. You do research. You give, you know, um, it, uh, your advice and you package your expertise, and that's what you do, right? And that's like sort of like what management consulting was. And I was like, oh, cool. So in that space, I got to learn a lot about the larger industry. Like, you know, I got to learn a lot, large amount about like these big organizations that were producing content. Um, and so I was like, all right. So that happened and I got that insight from that perspective. And then I ended up getting laid off around 2009. And so when I got laid off, um, I think it was like a moment for me where I said, all right, you know, because being laid off is actually a fantastic thing to happen, especially if you are not someone who was independently wealthy. Because when you're laid off, you get to have like, you know, you get a severance package, you get unemployment insurance, like, you know, like, I mean, you get the unemployment, like, you just, you have a little bit of room to, like, think without necessarily having to, like, jump into the next thing. So, in that moment of being laid off, I was like, all right, well, what do I want to do next? Like, you know, like, what, what am I good at? Is there, is there knowledge that I could package? Could I become a consultant around something? And so, that sent me down a rabbit hole of um, developing um, packages around social media because of course every millennial at that point thought that they could be an expert in social media because we're all <laughs> digital natives and so and at that point you know like in 2009 2010 you could really could you know say that you were an expert in social media because it wasn't as like you know um algorithmically intense exactly, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so you could just say like i know how to how people talk online i know how to you know, create an audience. I know how to connect with people. And, you know, I can formalize this into a consulting package based on the stuff that I had learned when I was at McKinsey. And so that, so I just decided, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a business around um, uh, storytelling for um, small businesses. Because, and the reason why I chose storytelling was because, again, my film background from college, I was like, well, so, being personable on social media is really all about embodying a character. Like, what character do you want to be for your audience? You know, do you want to be a jokester? Do you want to be a hero? Like, do you want to be, like, how do you want to engage? What journey do you want to go down with your audience? And, like, how do you, what character do you want to be? And what character do you want them to play? And so that was, like, kind of, like, my first, um, that was the first iteration of Little Big Girl and Co. And that's what I worked with small businesses on. Um, and so that's basically how I kind of started to connect the dots between the film world um, and storytelling. It was like, okay, like in just from the research and in the word storytelling was starting to be used in this sort of professional sense mm -hmm. um, around that time too. So it's like, all right, I can hop on this bandwagon because I've actually been trained as a storyteller in film. And also I understand like, you know, what businesses, how businesses like to receive information from this consulting 
um, space that I've just been in. So let me try my hand at it. And so then I just like jumped into several different entrepreneurship classes. Like there's so many out there for you to do, like both paid and free. Um, and between 2009 and 2010, by December of 2010, I had um, really formalized Little Big Girl and Co. And my last um, entrepreneurship class was um, this group called Ladies Who Launch, which is still in existence. I don't think they're as like big to the, as they were back then. But I just said to the local chapter of Ladies Who Launch, um, you know, thank you for like this amazing you know entrepreneurial training. Would you like to be my first client? It looks like you guys can like use some help with connecting your members on social media. I'm happy to help you do that at like a really reduced rate. Yeah. You know? and, and I mean, let me just stop you because you're dropping so much knowledge. I want to just pause for a second and kind of recap a little bit because I want to make sure that this isn't this is so much. I want to yes. make sure that they're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. missing anything. Like number one. Okay. Yeah. Anyone that's listening that maybe is like, well, I didn't go to UVA. I didn't go to whatever. Chana, you know, she's being very open about the fact that while UVA did give her sort of an inkling and a, a look into the film piece, that wasn't a part of her formal uh, classes. That was something she did in the summer, which anyone can do in the summer, mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, the part that really gave her trajectory into the business world, she was very candid in saying that, yo, I wasn't on a business track at UVA. But when I came out and I moved to New York, I ended up temping. And what so many people don't realize or don't take advantage of that you are such a wonderful example of is let every professional experience be a training ground. Mm -hmm. You know, you went into those mm -hmm. temping things and it, you didn't intend to stay there, but you were mm -hmm. like, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? Mm -hmm. And you were very present. I mean, and then on top of that, you know, there's an element of trusting in the process that you speak about when you kind of were like, listen, I had an idea. I didn't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I intuitively let myself be guided to these different opportunities. And then what I love even more about your story that people I know can relate to in this day and age is you got laid off. Mm -hmm. You know, you were you were kind of cooking a little bit with gas and you could have been content maybe just staying there, but you got laid off and you took that as an opportunity instead of as a moment of like being a victim or like, mm -hmm. oh, woe is me or, or, you know, or or feeling like you have to continue to put yourself in a position that you didn't really want to be in. You kind of took it as an opportunity to say, well, let me take a risk. Let me double down on myself. Let me take what I know and see how I can apply it in a way that will be of service. And really, I hope that everyone listening has really heard her. And if you didn't, run the interview back and listen to her again. Because she really, you know, spoke about it with such eloquence that I think anyone can really understand. And again, it's not about the education necessarily it's not about the the first job you come out that you have when you graduate either necessarily um it's about what the opportunities you have in front of you what you make of them and how you can think critically about what the skills are that you have and what you can do with them so that being said chana and and whew, my god i'm so glad you came on 
<laughs> I'm so glad you came on. No, seriously, because so many people, I'm sure, in New York who are trying to make it are listening. Like, oh, God, I should go home to Boston. Or I should go home to wherever, you know? And it's like, no, you got to hang in there, but you got to be strategic. So thinking about that and now people, you know, you have this successful business, you know, with these wonderful, extremely powerful women of color who are, you know, being featured. You have a little big girl. You were just a part of a big uh, project. I believe it's called Strong Island, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, things are just looking, looking up. So let me ask you this, you know, people may be like, oh, well, Chana, she clearly has got it together. She already won life, you know, I'm gonna have to just run to catch up, you know, and I always try to express to people who are listening. It's not a competition. I'm not bringing guests on. So you could be like, oh, I, I got to be like them or I could never be like them. But more so that they can hear your story, become inspired and then get some advice. Right. So what's some advice you would have to someone out there? that is really looking to, to win life and, and go down that journey? Mm, mm. I think like, you know, as I, and I thank you, thank you for all of that. That was like really, it was really interesting, like um, sort of reflecting and then having my reflection um, uh, articulated in that way. Like that was really, like really interesting because I had not necessarily put connected all those dots the way you just did so I really thank you for that and I appreciate you for doing that because it actually opened up some insights for me about my own life <laughs> so thank you for that um, so that but, coaching hat I could never yeah, take it off exactly exactly I was like all right well done. <laughs> <laughs> yes the coaching hat is amazing so yeah so I said um I guess like yes being open um being open, I would say, is definitely a great um, tip. Because the thing is, is like, like, as you mentioned, like, you just never know why you are placed um, where you are at any given moment. But there's always something to be learned. There's always some little nugget that you are going to have and that is going to come into, um, that is going to like circle back in some way, right? Like, so for instance, like, Studying African American studies, I didn't necessarily think that that was um, going to necessarily lead to any career. Like that, that was going to be something that's going to be a part of my career, right? Especially even in college, I tell you this: they're like, you know, you get to just like study anything that you want to in college, or you could do something that's a little bit more practical. And I decided that I wanted to go the humanities route and study African American studies, and just realized that like I would just do whatever when I graduated, right? But what's really interesting is that it actually really has helped my career because, you know, on the documentary side, on the um, Little Big Girl side, I've only really worked on um, films that have uh, that have been about like African American history and culture. That's been the prim- like most of my work, and because I have that African American studies. Um, vocabulary and language and background and knowledge and knowledge like it helps me as a marketer in that space so it didn't I didn't necessarily connect the dots you know and think oh yes I'm going to study this and then I'm going to market documentaries (laughs) about the African-American experience right like yeah but that's what ended up happening so I think like to your point of just like being open and trusting life and trusting that it will all make sense and 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 also being present in every moment like that is 
super key because you just never know what you might get um, from any experience that you're that you're in. Um, and then the other thing I would say is um, what's helping me right now in my current journey is that I have surrounded myself with an amazing community. My community is so strong. Like my tribe of, like my personal tribe, I'm not talking about like, you know, the folks who are part of the Genie Box community, which is also amazing, but like my personal tribe of friends and um, business um, folks, like other people who have their own business, like that tribe or group is just maybe about like, I don't know, six or seven people, I'd say. But like, I feel so connected to these group of people that like, I feel like almost anything is possible, you know, like being grounded in that community, knowing that I have my people, you know, makes it opens up even more possibility in my life and also makes me feel more fearless and also helps me to connect deeper to myself. So it's interesting how that is how that happens, right? Like when you have a real strong community, you almost get you almost feel like you can be yourself. Mm, and, and so that that would be the other tip. Yeah, and that's like a perfect tribe. that's a perfect segue because the other thing I wanted you to touch on um, a little bit was just authenticity. It's a theme that you've really highlighted throughout this interview and everything that you've done. You've really just shown up as Chana. You've like, hey, mm-hmm. this is me. I'm here. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to learn what I can and I'm going to take with me what I need. And so and, and what I love about your products and what you do is that it's also bringing people the the tools they need so they can be their most authentic selves like that's what genie box is all about and you know your your marketing studio as well so i want you to talk a little bit about maybe a little bit more because you already talked about it some about the importance of just being authentically you on this journey and how important that is to winning life oh absolutely so you know my personal mission i kind of said this um, yeah, recently on Instagram is that like I really am very uh, interested in like how I can have a fulfilling life in this body in this um, identity in, in all these multiple identities with the things that I know like how I am now how I can lead a fulfilling life um, and have that be present in the now not like um, a future thing right like okay, I'm going to have a great life when I lose 40 pounds or I'm going to have a great life when I have, you know, when I get married or when I have children or when I make a certain income or when blah, blah, blah. Like I am just on um, a journey of figuring out how I can feel good and about my life and feel fulfilled in my life in the now and here and in the present, right? Mm-hmm. So since that's my personal mission, that's also my mission for the world and the other people other people like me like I want that to be true for everyone I think that we all get to have like fulfilling lives and all get to like have lives of of purpose and excitement and thrilling and all those other things and so that's the thing that helps me um do this journey toward greater and great authenticity I don't think that I you know that I could um that I've fully figured it out and I wouldn't say that I'm like oh I'm all like I'm already my most authentic self but that's the thing that I'm trying to that I'm trying to figure out all the time how do I be more authentic in order to have a fulfilling life because my my hypothesis my thesis is that the more authentic you are the more true to yourself you are the more 
able to have a fulfilling life you're you you can have as well does that make sense oh absolutely absolutely and I hope that everyone you know I try to draw some parallels and you know there may be people out there because I do have a lot of entrepreneurs on the show uh, and there may be people out there that are career professionals that have maybe checked out and I want them to check back in because as I always tell them listen you are your brand yes and whether you're at you know, prudential and you love it. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Right. But you are your brand. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you're still living your most fulfilling life. Even if that's the life that you want in a cubicle, they, mm-hmm. that's cool. That is like, not everybody is on some, like, I want to have my own business and that's no. okay. Right. right. And Absolutely. I just want to, I want to make sure that those people who may have discounted themselves from this conversation, you know, are still listening and know that, being your most authentic self, being your most fulfilled self is important no matter what you do for work, no matter who you are, who you love, where you live, you know, because that's what's going to really help you be happy. And at the end of the day, like, isn't that what we all want? Right. So people want, you know, for the folks who work in corporate America, like people want folks who can add value to their organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you can add value you know, normally you feel like you can add value when you feel valuable, right? So like, how do we get you to the point of feeling valuable so that you can add greater value at your, at your organization and how you have, when you feel valuable is when you feel like you are yourself, right? So that's the reason why authenticity matters because you feel good. You feel valuable. You feel whole when you are authentic, you know? And, and I think like authenticity doesn't mean that you are like, I don't know, I don't know, crazy or sloppy or this or that. And I don't know, you know, I feel like sometimes people have like the negative associations. (laughs) Yeah, they think it's carte blanche to just like do whatever. No, it doesn't mean any of that. Like you still get to be like, you know, respectful and um, kind and like, you know, treat people well. Um, It just means that you have figured out how to be you, you know, whatever that means for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, I mean, if your authentic self is like displaying quote unquote bad habits, sure. Maybe that's going to work. And you're like, you know, you would just have to find the thing in which you can, you can build a brand around that with, right? (laughs) Or you're going to figure out that it doesn't work for you and that that's actually not you, but something that you're just doing. Exactly, exactly. So, man, Chana, I could literally keep you on for a whole nother 30 minutes, but alas, we have mm-hmm. to wrap. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you Absolutely. so much for sharing so much knowledge and just being really candid about your journey. And again, I hope that anyone that's listening was able to really see that the journey to success is not one thing, right? You don't win life because someone is like, this is the finish line, go to it. Right. You have to pick your own finish line. And sometimes you have to take change your uh, your course a little bit to get there. But when you are living in your truth, when you are really, you know, being honest with yourself about what you're passionate about, what you want to do. And you're being open, like Tana said, being open to acquiring skills, having opportunities, connecting with people and really getting your message out there than really anything is possible. So again, thank you, Chana, for being on and everybody listening. Until next time, get out there and win life. Thank you.